Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode of the Adopt365 podcast. Today, we're going to be looking all around productivity and planning with so many ways to manage your time, tasks and projects in Microsoft 365. It can often lead to more confusion than more clarity. So in today's Adopt365 podcast, we're going to be focusing on those tips, those tricks, the recommendations that we have from working with these technologies day in, day out to help you be more productive in both your personal life or with your personal tasks when you're working with your teams, projects, um, and maybe sort of more uh, company-wide initiatives. So we're going to be focusing on those productivity and task management tools within Microsoft 365 today. As ever, I'm joined by my co-host. I would like to uh, add uh, Megan. Hi, everyone. And Anthony, thank you very much both for joining me. Hello, everyone. So, as ever, when we get started with this, we always like to kind of just reflect on uh, what's been happening recently, what you've been working on, what's uh, maybe a standout feature. So, uh, Megan, I'll come to you first. Uh, What stood out to you in the last month? Uh, So it's not necessarily something I've been working on recently. Um, It's the virtual commute as part of Insights within Microsoft Teams. Um, At the end of each day, I get a reminder that it's time to wrap up. That happens, I think, 15 minutes before I finish for the day. Um, And it's just a really nice way to finish my day, mostly because anything that I've got swimming around my head that I haven't got done today that's not necessarily in my task list, which we'll go into later, um, but I can just quickly note that down. It gets added to my task list for tomorrow. I can then make sure that I'm completely switched off from work when I finish Um, and I'd say my real key thing about it is I noticed as I was going through it how many meetings I have an RSVP to so getting that reminder at the end of each day that these are the meetings that are coming up tomorrow you need to RSVP because the um, owner of the meeting doesn't know if you're coming or not um, is really good so I'm really enjoying the virtual commute to just end my day at the moment um, as part of insights within teams it's it's really effective and it has made me a lot more productive and potentially more focused on my own time in the evenings as well. Brilliant. That's great. Thank you very much for sharing, Megan. Uh, Anthony, what's yours? Um, mine's a, a far more practical one. I, amongst all of the announcements that I've saw, uh, I've seen recently for Teams, and they are numerous, I noticed that um, they're going to start to give away a free, lightweight version of Visio. So I spend a lot of my time putting together presentations for people. Um, and I always find that um, PowerPoint and doing it within PowerPoint is very limiting. Um, so really looking forward to seeing what they're going to ship free of charge within the uh, the 365 office license um, for um, Visio. I'm hoping they're going to give us some of the good functionality that uh, I'm used to using. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that one as uh, they build that into the portfolio. Definitely. So Visio, I suppose, for those that don't know, Anthony, how would you describe it? It's a, a tool for, uh, if, if, if very technical, it's a vector-based tool for creating graphics isn't it so sort of lines shapes and things like that for creating diagrams yes yeah so it's um it's very good around link you know managing kind of connectors between boxes and things like that um it just gives you a little bit more freedom artistically to um create powerpoint uh, sorry to create presentations um i find that um you know within 
PowerPoint, I'm kind of limited and it always wants to snap to the grid or, you know, provide a grid and I move one thing and I have to go and move all the other bits and pieces. Um, so Visio just gives you that ability to uh, be a little bit more artistic and uh, put some stuff together. And uh, one of the guys was saying earlier on the uh, champions team was that uh, the flowchart designer in there is excellent as well. I know there is one and a kind of org chart available within PowerPoint, um, but I think the uh, the flowchart designer um, and uh, other functionality within Visio just enables you to express yourself a little bit more from a graphical point of view. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I think I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like, seeing what the kind of simplistic version of it is, because I think the Visio for many users is a bit of an overkill. But I think if a simplified version allowing you to create those components that you could then export and put in your presentation or documentation would be really useful. Um, so for me, then I've spent a lot of time around task management. We're going to be talking about a lot of that today. Um, but I had one very specific problem and it really highlighted the power of power apps uh, microsoft uh, very cleverly chose the name there i suppose so um we are we're looking to use uh, planner um project wasn't the right uh, element for us and we'll come to a little bit of between planner and project later on but we wanted the gantt view of what we were putting into planner which isn't actually a function that is available in planner so quick search online if anyone goes to google bing or anything like that and search is for gantt uh, view for planner you will see a very good power app that someone has created unfortunately i can't pronounce his name and, and i will do a disservice by um trying to pronounce it but i'll put it in uh, the show notes on youtube and uh, on the podcast but it allows you to effectively have a power app that allows you to visualize your microsoft planner uh, boards in a Gantt view, which is really, really useful if you're kind of managing a project in there. So twofold, really, go and check out uh, that power app. But equally, if you're struggling with something, if you need to do something a little bit more, it does show the power that of power app can do to help you customize the application inside 365. So we, um, on top of this then, and we're not gonna spend the full um, uh, time on this. Microsoft have run an event, I think it was last week, where they spoke about the evolution of hybrid work around some of the features and functionalities that are coming uh, into Microsoft 365, particularly into to Teams and surrounding that. Um, and the first one was enhancements to whiteboard. Megan, I know you've had a, quite a look at uh, whiteboard and a bit of experience with it. Have you seen the, the new features that are coming? What stood out to you? Yeah, I think um, what's standing out to me is just how um, it's going to work in meetings and when you're using the full application. I mean, I love Whiteboard. I love it in meetings. I love it even more as the current Whiteboard app because you have things like templates. You're able to add the PDF into it. And there's just so much more functionality in it that when you then get to the meeting and you want to do all that in a meeting, it's slightly disappointing that you can't do that. Um, so the fact that the new and improved whiteboard um, is going to give you the same experience across both of those applications in meetings, et cetera, is amazing. The fact that if I am in a meeting with you, um, Barry, and I'm in a Teams meeting, we can share a whiteboard and we can add like a, is it a Kanban template straight into it and start working from there. Um, I think it's going to be more inclusive to everybody. I think before, yes, you can add a post-it note. Yes, you can add a bit of text. And you can now add shapes into a meeting one. Um, 
it was slightly limited as to what you could actually do. So there's a lot of functionality coming with it. I could probably spend this whole hour talking about how I love Whiteboard and how it's going to help everybody and how the new version is going to be even better. Um, but I would recommend that people go and look for that video um, because, yeah, there's a lot coming, especially within the meeting version and how we can make sure that version is a lot better um, for people to use. Definitely. I think one of the things that really stood out to me on, uh, other than the bits you mentioned there, was the inclusivity again, but not just aimed at those people that are have a Surface Pro and have a pen. So if you are using a keyboard and mouse, it does appear that they further improve that. It looks, and I'm waiting to get my hands on it, it looks like post-it notes are a bit more functional. At the moment, the, it really frustrates me as to the way that they they can be resized, but the text resizes at the same time as the, the note resizes. It's, it's just not quite right at the moment. And certainly from the videos that I've seen this demonstrated, it does look a lot more fluid, which um, I suppose, Anthony, brings us to, to the next piece, fluid components. Yeah, so this is a whole new um, uh, level of functionality that they're introducing, um, which is this concept that this concept that within a chat, um, or actually with even within the uh, Outlook um, board view, um, you'll be able to publish a, fu a fluid component, um, and that really is a component that people can co-author together in, in live. Um, so the uh, the ones that they've announced so far are a bullet list, a checklist, uh, a numbered list, a whole a paragraph, a table, and a task list. Um, so you'll be able to put that into your chat, and rather than that chat kind of vanishing off uh, because it's in chronological order, you'll be able to people will be able to go back and actually amend that online. I think when I first saw it, I, I found it kind of very confusing. I just thought, yo, golly, just another place to um, to try and uh, keep up to date with what's changed in. But uh, as I've seen some of the demonstrations of it, it's just a really powerful tool to pop something in a chat or a, yeah, a Teams post um, and be able to, uh, to, to for people to contribute to that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a, a really powerful function uh, and change the way in which we work and make meetings and uh, conversations far more effective. Definitely. And I think one of the, the areas of the fluid components that stood out to me, and I know, um, Megan, you'll be a fan of this because uh, you love OneNote, um, as, as does Ian in our Champions community. I'm sure he's getting very excited about this as well. This is the ability to be able to take your meeting notes inside your meeting, but they will actually appear inside OneNote. So you can either edit the meeting notes in the meeting or you can go into OneNote. And I think reading some of the, the workings behind that in your OneNote notebooks, there will be a meetings section where you can easily go and find those things. I don't know, uh, Megan, if you've uh, looked into that at all or seen that at all. Um, I'm not 100% sure as to where you're going to find them. I think that needs a little bit of research once I've got my hands on it. Um, but you are 100% correct. I'm very excited. I think on the uh, last podcast we recorded, you asked Anthony and I the question of where should meeting notes be taken. And I feel like the Microsoft gods listened to that and thought, Do you know what, OneNote is the place for that. Um, and they've integrated that because that's definitely the way we push or we encourage people to use it with meeting minutes. So I'm excited to do it. And I think um, I probably have to do a blog about it once I've got my hands on it. I think one of the things that I will always kind of just remind people with those things like whiteboard and OneNote is I, I just think the integration with the iPad app is brilliant. The fact that, you know, how easy it is now, you know, pick up your iPad and join the meeting. It says, do you want to? You know, do you want to join with both these devices? Um, so I'm finding a lot of the time now I've got my iPad down, you know, to, to take notes on um, while I'm using the, you know, 
participating more fully in the meeting um, on the PC in front of me. So you're getting those two devices, you've got a little bit more screen estate and you've got that ability to uh, be writing with one hand and, uh, and watching um, on a bigger screen. So yeah, it uh, works really, really well. I have heard that Satya Nandela is a big fan of our podcast, Megan, and, and certainly when there are recommendations coming from you and Anthony that they do go to the top of the uh, development list. I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, really, uh, of, of these announcements, um, everyone uh, probably knows by now I'm a big fan of Viva Insights, anything that helps me kind of balance my uh, work-life balance makes me more focused etc and things like that so um, there's a number of focus uh, elements coming in so the first is the ability to manage your quiet time both across outlook and teams so i think at the uh, the moment and megan you'll correct me if i'm wrong here you have the ability to set your quiet time in teams which is respected on both the mobile app and inside microsoft teams on your computer but that doesn't go as far as outlook so whilst i'm setting myself to not get notifications outside of working hours with teams outlook will still continue to ping me afterwards it appears in the latest versions for this that is also going to control your outlook notifications as well i, I think that's yeah. really important because I've also got my settings in Teams to say, if I miss a notification in Teams, send me an email after an hour. Now, obviously, I've set my mobile notifications to say my quiet hours are six o'clock till eight o'clock, and I don't want my Teams notifications. So I, I don't get those, and that's great. But an hour later, which is then nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, I then get the email and I think, oh, is that important? I should then check it. So. It, having that muted on Outlook, because it's never something I have to check at 10 o'clock at night and respond to, having that muted on Outlook is definitely that one step ahead to completely let people switch off, which I think is really good um, and something that people have been waiting for. I did, um, I, I, I can't remember where this was, but once I went to send an email, probably to Barry at nine o'clock at night, and it just said to me, are you sure you want to send this? Um, because Barry's not within his, his working hours. Do you want me to delay it? It's never happened again. Has anyone else seen that functionality? So you can choose to delay it. I, I imagine that's probably something within Insights in Outlook. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen it where it's prompted me um, unless you have the Insights tab on the like right-hand side of Outlook open. It may have been in there, Anthony. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I'll I'm trying to avoid emailing out of hours, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, have a look at the Insights tab. I think Megan's right there. It integrates with both Outlook, um, normal client and the web client. And, and that's the type of alert that you will get um, from Insights there. It may just be whether you've got it open or not in, in the side pane. And the, the other uh, announcement in this area, not necessarily announcement, but kind of a, a continuation, an evolution, a, a delivery upon a promise, if we were, um, was Headspace finally coming into Viva Insights. Um, so at the moment, the virtual commute that I think Megan mentioned earlier, there's a breathing exercise uh, that you can do at the end of the day. You can also just do it as a as a momentary pause during your day. And lots of people go breathing exercise and you see a rice smile come in. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. There's actually scientific fact behind doing a small breathing exercise, only a minute of your time and the positive effect it can have on your well-being, on your focus and on your productivity. So I highly recommend that you do that. But they're also um, integrating Headspace for the virtual commute at the end of the day. So a 10 minute meditation exercise. Exercise, 
Again, you see the rice smile when you talk about meditation in front of people. Look at the world's most effective people. Look at the world's most effective men and women. The vast majority of them do make some time for meditation. And what meditation really means is just concentrating on a single thing, being in that meditative state. It doesn't mean sitting there and making funny noises and and or any religious connotations. I think the, the meditation is something that lots of people can benefit from. But I was also really pleased to see during your focus time, uh, Headspace uh, music will be available to help you focus and things like that. So I'm a big fan of Headspace. I think that's really good. Um, I think they're also, during the focus time, introducing something that's very akin to the Pomodoro technique. Now, I don't speak Italian, but I understand that Pomodoro means tomato. Um, and this kind of comes from the kitchen timers. So uh, the kind of wind up kitchen timers that used to look like a tomato, typically 25 minutes on them. The idea is, right, I'm going to do something for 25 minutes these features are coming to focus time as well. So really, really excited to see how they are uh, coming along. Um, and great to see that uh, Ian in, in our champions community uh, are talking about his company. I've actually bought a full license for Headspace for anyone that wants it in their organization. That's, that's a fantastic example uh, of, of how to be doing some of these things. I think something to mention when you're saying um, people give you the smile when you talk about the meditation or the breathing exercises i did see in the headspace stuff that's coming it's not all around the breathing stuff they've got like a session on preparing to present in front of a large in front of a large audience and they have set or they've made some headspace sessions that are focused on your business scenario of what you might need to prepare for and take that time to actually calm yourself or get yourself ready for that so it's not all breathing it's right you're going to do a presentation what have you got to do for this you've got to do this next bit and they've got I think I saw about eight to ten sessions all based around that the only thing I'm not 100% sure I'll use is the uh focus music my focus soundtrack is uh the soundtrack from Hamilton the musical which is a bit fast and upbeat for some people but I put that on I'm completely focused so very different for the type of focus music I think Headspace will offer me but it's not for everyone so so uh, Barry have you have you ever tried the Pomodoro technique you, yes is it something you've adopted into your kind of re regime it is something it's, with, with lots of these things I'm someone that knows the techniques to use at the right time but I'm not always using them um and and i need to practice more on that but yes the pomodoro technique if i've got a number of things to be doing it, i find it really really useful to uh be able to use that technique it, it just stops that it, it's about unitasking and not multitasking um and and that's the difference i think um also megan on the on the, the headspace music i think there are times where i just want that serenity or whatever headspace uh, will provide other times it's a bit of propane nightmares or something like that something with a, a good upbeat I, I listened to the, uh, a queen album the other day and i've got a bit of an eclectic taste in music but uh, yes no. hamilton is my serenity <laughs> <laughs> so let, let, let's move the conversation on then onto the main subject of today so this is all around planning it's about being organized it's your own to do it's understanding who's doing what when where um, and Megan let, let's uh, come over to you to get us started so let's talk about team-based projects or or projects where you're coming together with a group of people get us started on that subject yeah so team-based projects you have your team you have your channel uh, specific for it, excuse me. <clears throat> so then bringing that sort of task-based management into that um, is definitely the best way to go for that team-based one is Planner. Um, it's not as in-depth as some of them. It gives you all the same functionality as something like Trello does. 
um, but obviously as part of that Microsoft one. So bringing that in, setting your buckets. And I think the key thing I'd like to say here is when you add a planner to a channel, if you're the person that's managing that, please just go and spend 10, 15 minutes getting your bucket set up and planning how you're going to use it and almost do like an introduction meeting with those people that are going to work in it and make sure you're all working in the same way because otherwise you'll get stuck in you'll then start working on it and you'll realize that you don't have the right buckets and whilst it's easy to add those it then be might be that your other tasks that should be part of that bucket on and it gets all confusing so go and spend 10-15 minutes just setting up your plan have a meeting just to introduce it and then you'll get going on it so um, that's the first thing I recommend. And then when you're doing this, adding your tasks in, just making sure you set your due date. Um, you can set a start date as well. So if you are using the Power app like Barry spoke about, um, that shows your Gantt chart, setting a start date and then an end date shows you that in a Gantt chart really nicely. If you're not, just make sure you're setting those due dates because otherwise it can be easy to get things missed off. If you have a due date and people are overdue on the task, um, they will get a reminder email and a notification in Teams to say that they have missed that activity. And Mark in our um, Champions community was saying how that used to be the thing of, oh, I keep getting emails, I keep getting reminders that I'm missing tasks. But actually now it's, oh, no, I've missed that task. I need to go and do it, which is exactly what that reminder is there for. So setting your due date and then you can also add in other things like labels going through you can add 25 labels to this um so I think internally Barry we've got one on at the moment and you've almost assigned the people to it but also what sort of department it sits within to help us give a little bit more context to it haven't you yeah I think labels are really important because as you mentioned there Megan they give you a further context so yeah. what I'd recommend people do when you sit down with planner and you're creating a plan for your project think about the outcomes and think about then how those outcomes are going to be reached what you need to report upon and where the different bits of the project are going to be managed as you go along um, and certainly for that internal project there are a number of different elements so I've used labels to be able to um, dictate what the reporting group is so whilst we're coming together as a group that are managing the project there are different departments inside our organization that we need to report the various different stages onto. So when we jump into one of those other meetings, we can filter it just by the things that are relevant to that reporting group that we're in. But I've also used it to just hyphen off some other bits of information, such as um, just setting a reminder as to what the goal is of the project. So I've got one label, which is called goal, which I put right to the top of the list. I've tagged it in a nice bright color, and that's the goal. I've got another one that is the master document. So when everyone goes, ah, where's the copy of the slide? where's the copy of the the financials where's the copy of this well if you just go to the list look at the top look at master document and they're all in there where people can go and find them so the answer is always go and find it in the list and the labels help me not only just carve up who's doing what when where and why but where to go and find the relevant uh, different pieces filtering i think then then megan is probably uh, very relevant in planner well, I was going to talk about um, the commenting on uh, your tasks in Planner as well, because I think that's something people miss quite a lot. Um, when you are working on a task, if you've been assigned a task, or even if you haven't, when you click into that task card, scroll down to the bottom, there's an area for comments. Um, adding a, in a comment just to update the team as to what's happening on it, and then clicking send, it will add that to the bottom of there onto that task card. Um, I believe also some people may get emails if they've been assigned that task or something like that, um, which I need to clarify. 
but yeah just commenting on there just keep everyone updated as to where you are don't send it in an email it's not the right place just comment on that particular task and it will go on there is really um, a nice feature of it as well um and then yeah, filtering and grouping within planner as well so you can filter um your list to say um show me only show me tasks that are assigned to me due in the next week and have a priority of urgent that obviously then filters it down and it gives you almost that priority list of things you need to start working on now um, and you can filter that down by so many different filters that it will really drill down um, in your list but i also love the use of grouping buckets uh, or grouping in planner as standard everything is grouped by bucket um, but the way I like to use it is group by due date or group by assignment. So you get that full list of what you're working on or full list of where things are overdue, where things are due today. Um, and then use the filters just to see my list as well. And grouping is definitely something people aren't aware of. So when you go up into Planner in the top right hand corner where it says group by bucket, just click that drop down and it will say group by and have a look at those different groupings because you will find one that is like your go-to grouping um, and mine definitely is group by due date as well so yeah definitely some really good tips there and i think you've also um looked at the ability to look at the charts view i think it is in planner where you click charts and then you can see how many outstanding tasks each people have got and how to go and assign those but i think the, the really important thing with planner is it's a tool to help you manage workloads manage task allocation using all those great features there that you've mentioned megan um but equally it's doesn't take away the need to have project meetings and to be doing kind of those in-person things. I think there can always be a over-reliance on technology. We've implemented this thing in technology, so we don't need to do that other thing. This is there to help you. It's there to kind of, what, what's the saying? Is it grease the, grease the wheels or whatever? Keep it in motion kind of thing. Um, and it's there as a reference point so everybody uh, knows specifically uh, what to do. I think there's also an important thing that you draw up some standards about how the organization's going to use these things. Um, this is, you know, one of my little, um, you know, hobby horses really is that you, you so need to have a communications charter when you're implementing a Teams environment. It, introducing Teams into an organization introduces so many different other places where we can communicate and have a conversation about something. And yet again, with Planner, you know, every planner card can have a conversation with notes on the bottom of it. Um, and uh, it's important that you don't lose that information because other people don't know it's there. So uh, I think that's just a, a really, really, really important point when you start at the beginning of implementing teams and adopting teams and drawing up those standards of where things are going to happen within your environment. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think that's yeah. really important. Um, because I mean, if, if I look at how many plans I'm part of uh, using the app that I mentioned earlier, it allows you to go and select which plan you want to visualize in a Gantt uh, chart. And, and I probably have about 50. Um, so there's definitely some need for rationale, e even where we are kind of thing. And we've started doing that. So certainly at a operational and SLT level, we now have one um, planner that we're using with multiple buckets to track all the projects we're working on at a 50,000 foot view. Now, obviously, we may need to go into more detail with some of those elements, which we'll probably look at in individual task lists and breaking those down a little bit further. But outside of Planner, I think there are some important things to be talking about around those team-based projects that aren't just about tracking what we're going to do, when, where, and why. Um, Megan, I think uh, you've got some recommendations around meetings uh, in association to projects and, and planning things. 
Yeah, so um, it's just a really simple one, but one that I see is ignored um, 90% of the time. When you're adding in a Teams meeting, you go through, you add your, your um, attendees, you add your times, etc. There's an option in there to say which channel you want to associate this meeting with. Um, just going in and adding the relevant channel that this project um, that you're talking about is associated with uh, is really important because the recording will then be stored in that channel. So rather than it being stored in your OneDrive and people having to find it in their email or anything like that, it's then stored in there. And obviously it gives it that much more context if you're having chats, etc. The chat within that meeting then gets stored again in that channel rather than going into your chat tab and you having to find it. And it was three weeks ago and you've had however many meetings and everything like that since. Go into that channel find that meeting recording and that meeting and all the chat will be in there which is exactly where it should be as well so just go in and put in that channel into the channel option when you're adding in a team's meeting it will put all the information regarding it in such a better place with more context for you as well i think that's really important and there's there's um another thing that i've been doing recently so for some uh, projects, I've either created a channel or a new team for the project, depending on where it needs to sit. Um, I, th I think there's two things here. If you are using a planner in a team and you have multiple channels for your projects underneath it, don't feel that like you have to create a new plan for each of those different channels. It is possible to go and add the same plan into each of those channels just to kind of get it into the same place where you want it to be. You want to avoid having a kind of mass creation of uh, plans unless that's relevant. And the second thing for from uh, my side is the use of whiteboard. While we're in this hybrid working environment, uh, going into the office and using a whiteboard can be really beneficial. But the problem is maybe not everyone's in the office and then you all leave the office and work from home for the next two weeks. What happens to that whiteboard? We're trying to take pictures of it and upload it into a channel. So I've been using uh, whiteboard, uh, the, the Microsoft application that's available as a persistent whiteboard. So effectively I did a facilitated, a planning session, a mind mapping session the other day around a product we we're about to launch and the operational procedures that were needed for that um, so I started a new whiteboard we put everything in it we collaborated on that in person but I've then actually added that as a tab into the channel that we're using to discuss that element of the project and that just means that whenever you go back to there it's there it can e uh, be worked on so we in two weeks time we can go right let's just review that whiteboard we pull it back obviously that's more difficult to do in the office where you've wiped all the the ink off the screen kind of thing and hopefully with these new changes we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that's going to be even more uh, useful so before we kind of move away from team-based projects uh, Anthony any any further kind of uh, topics you want to mention around team-based projects before we move on no I think um, just that point about the whiteboard there is an option in there so to back following up on Megan's point of make sure the meeting is associated with the channel that you're working in so that knowledge is a associated with that channel but also if you're I think if you're the organizer of the meeting you've got the ability to go and lock the whiteboard so you've got a copy of it um, to um, you know as it was when you finished the meeting or you can leave it open so that people can participate in that I'm kind of hoping that in the new mock whiteboard we'll get a bit, little bit uh, um, more help around the version control so you can roll whiteboards back and forward that I've just made that up so I'm hope uh, Satcha's listening 
to uh, to that functionality and he can incorporate that in that because that would be very useful because often you want to see this is where we got to at the end of the meeting and here's some subsequent stuff that people have added and uh, provide that workplace for them but uh, no they were just the points i wanted to bring up there Fantastic. Right. So we, we've spoken around um, sort of team based projects there and the use of planner. Um, we'll talk a little bit later as to where Microsoft Project maybe fits in with that, because it seems a, a natural topic to, to discuss at this point. But I think it's really important that we then kind of talk about how your team projects flow into your personal tasks and your personal projects and, and things like that. So, Anthony, why don't you take, a, take us away on that kind of your own task list? What have you got to do? What have you got to achieve? Yeah, so this is this is something that I think is one of the functions that uh, people miss with Teams. They think it's all about collaboration. So you've still got your own personal to-do list that you can manage in there. Um, and that's been enhanced quite a lot by the fact that within um, um, the Teams uh, web access to email, we can now add items to that um, document very, very, uh, sorry, to that list very, very easily. Um, if we just swipe and, uh, uh, and highlight a little bit of text within an email, um, then we get a number of options that uh, come up. We can highlight it. Um, we can create a note about that um, um, th th that particular item. Um, we can um, create a conversation about it, but we can also add it to a to-do list. So as I'm working through my email now, I can be swiping the important things out of uh, emails and creating tasks for them in my own personal to-do list. Um, and Megan, you were saying earlier, I've not found this functionality, but um, you can also flag emails for inclusion in to-do. Yeah, so in to-do, there is a section called flagged emails. Um, so when you are going through your emails, um, maybe you've got 10 minutes of your day available and you've got 300 uh, emails in your inbox, which is probably just 10% of what Barry has in his inbox unread at any one time, which you can tell that frustrates me by the way I talk about it. But if you've got 10 minutes of your day and you think, right, I just need to go through my emails and make sure I'm not missing anything, especially on your mobile, you can set swipe gestures. Um, so I've got mindset to if I swipe right, um, it archives the message. So if I don't need it, I'll just quickly swipe it, get rid of it. That's out of my inbox now. But if I swipe left, it will just flag that email for me. That means that it's flagged. I need to go back to it at some point in a later date when I have a bit more time because there's an action for me. I then go into to do and there's an option for flagged emails. If I click into that um, part of to do, it just lists all of the flagged emails in there for me. I can click on one, it will show me the full message in Outlook and I can see that very easily. So spending 10 minutes of your day, if you have 10 minutes of your day, just to go through your emails, once you've got those swipe gestures set up, quickly go through them, add what you need to to your to-do list and then those actions or those things you need to review from your inbox will be added to to-do for you. Brilliant. Yeah, I have used those swipe gestures. They're very useful. Um, back in the old style of working when we were going out to visit clients and or sat on trains, it's a lot easier to uh, process through your inbox and get rid of the rubbish just by uh, swiping it one way or, or the other um, to uh, either flag it or um, to uh, delete it or archive it. Um, so one of the questions we get a lot when uh, Megan and I are delivering training to people um, is, you know, I've got all of these tasks coming in. I've got my own personal to-do list um, and I've got planners and people are, you know, from different projects I'm working in are assigning tasks to me from the planner. How do I keep on top of all of those? And not a lot of people know this, but there's a, a really good little application, which is rather 
Natalie called tasks by planner and to do, which is one that you can add to the sidebar of um, your team's client very easily. Um, and that br brings up a summarized view, uh, which includes your to do list, um, which is ranked by, you know, the, it'll highlight the important ones and uh, ones that you've got already planned. But it also brings all of your tasks and consolidates those together from any plans that you're a part of. So you can look at all the shared plans. So it's a great place to uh, spend a bit of time just to sort out what what tasks you need to do um, and, uh, and keep an eye on those tasks that are being assigned to you. Because quite often you'll just get a notification in, and you're in the middle of another meeting. Uh, sometimes you'll get a notification, say a task has been assigned to you and it appears and, and disappears and it's easy to to miss those. So, yeah, um, tasks by planner and to do is a great little app. Um, I'm sure they ought to come up with a more natty name for it, but uh, it does uh, does the job. Um, make sure you've got that pinned into your, uh, your team's client um, and then that will just consolidate all of your to do list alongside all of the uh, activities that have been assigned to you from planners. Fantastic. Um, Megan, have you got any other uh, tips with regards to do? You've spent quite a lot of time recently kind of talking to people around the coexistence of to do and, and planner and things like that. Um, no, the only thing um, that I think is probably lacking in that task by planner and to do is the flagged emails. I think it's really nice to bring in all of those actions you've set yourself as to, on to do and then all the task based uh, team based tasks you have in planner in there. I just want Microsoft to bring in those flagged emails into that application purely because then you just get a fully holistic view of everything. Again, it's then within Teams. Um, I think that's the only bit that I want in there. So hopefully they'll bring it in because, you know, Microsoft gods listen to us, obviously. Um, so hopefully it's going to be in there. Um, other than that, no, I, I just think it's really useful to go and have a look at it and set the sort of have it set for yourself so you know what's going to be in there. Um, and the great thing about to do as well is it gives you a very satisfying little noise when you tick something off. It goes ding. And um, as someone who, uh, like me, loves hearing that because it gives me that recognition that I've done it um, is really nice as well. So hopefully they'll bring something like that to Planner as well, just for my amusement. But no, I think so that's the, it. For yeah. The only other thing I was going to add to that is and um, it's just a constant reminder to people that, you know, the to do application is available for iPhone. I believe it's available mm -hmm. for Android as well. It's there to put in your pocket and keep you up to date for those, uh, you know, so you can update it at those moments when you're not sat in front of a, a big screen. So uh, very, very useful. And I think that's that's one of the things I'm constantly reminded me, uh, reminding people in that, you know, there are tablet based and uh, mobile phone based versions of a lot of these applications. And it's just seamless integration with the uh, the stuff within Teams on the, on the PC. Definitely. So I, th I think the, the, the point that normally comes up when you start talking about task management, project management, task allocation is where does Microsoft Project fit into all of this. Um, so Microsoft Project has been around for, for as long as I can remember and is, is was Microsoft's only uh, full project management application. And I think it's fair to say that both Planner and To-Do aren't there to replace project as a project management application. Let's say you work for Network Rail and you are planning the rollout of a new railway line between X, Y, and Z. You're not going to be doing that in Planner. You're not going to be doing that into two. You may have elements 
of what you're going to do for that project in there to help you break it down, that kind of uh, low level focus. But looking at the wider project, looking at the spend, managing the resource, you're not going to do with Planner and uh, to do. So project is a fantastic application where you need a lot of detail in a project you need a gantt view you need to be looking at what the um uh, megan i forget what the terminology in the gantt view is your priority line uh, is it as you you're going through there that you start and end date what's the longest point between a and b yeah i, I can't remember, remember it. what it's called at the moment but it'll come to me so it's where you're kind of looking at your project and looking at all the dependencies and figuring out well, what the start point and end point is based upon the longest uh, chain of inside the project. If you need to be able to manage both internal and external resources, project is going to be the application that you're going to need. There's uh, a new version of project available, which is I think it's a P1 or a basic version, which is the online only components. It looks very much the same as Planner. It's bucket orientated. Um, it has dependencies in it, which really frustrates me that Planner doesn't have dependencies in it. So you can go and set, look, you can't start this one until this one starts. So then it will then push everything back for you. That's something I do miss with Planner. So if you need dependencies, if you need a Gantt view, um, then Project may be the right tool for you. And the introductory version to that, which is about £3.80 per user per month, might be the right tool for you. The bit that unfortunately really does frustrate me, and again, if Microsoft are listening to this, is there doesn't seem to be any natural evolution from Planner to the basic project version and then beyond. We're missing that integration with tasks and to-do. So the reason I like Planner so much for these kind of things, and if you can get away with it inside your organization for the projects that you're running, is the piece that Megan and Anthony mentioned, that when you're allocating people tasks in Planner, they can see it in their to-do alongside their tasks. If you've got Microsoft Project coming in, you're introducing a whole new system. People have to check their own to-do and they have to go and check the relevant projects that they are part of. Hopefully at some point they will bring that in there. I, I can see Planner and the basic version of Project coming together in some way with a chargeable element like a, a Planner Pro or something like that, where you can have all those benefits you get from Planner, but you get the Gantt view, you get the um, uh, the ability to do dependencies and things like that. So if your job is a project manager, you're managing very extensive projects, it's likely that Microsoft Project will be the right tool for you. If your job is to manage department, manage people, and on the side, you're managing projects for work, trying to do task allocation, then I think Planner and To-Do will probably be sufficient for 90% of the people that are doing that. I don't know, Anthony, Megan, if you've got any further thoughts on that or, or maybe even questions around project and, and planner integration that maybe some of our customers are thinking, listening, uh, that I might be able to answer now. So I suppose for me, um, planner integrates very nicely into a team, into a channel. I've never looked at if project goes into a team, into a channel. Is that is that possible for people to add that in? Yeah, so certainly the project online version um, works very similar to Planner. You can add it in as a tab uh, inside the relevant channel. So yes, can be fully integrated into Microsoft Teams. Just missing that piece around integrating into your, your task list. Mm. Yeah. No, I so, think uh, I, I was going to say I've used project in the in the past and it uh, um, 
tended to be the kind of you know an experienced project manager could use it because it was it used to get very confusing around kind of elapsed times and you know all of those bits and pieces and setting it up but i think the more simplified versions of it are very useful and i just think as barry said you know it would be great to get to that point where you go hang on a minute i've got this all set up in planner but it's just not cutting the mustard because the project's got wider than i thought it was going to can we transfer that into uh, into project rather than planner um, it'd be great to be able to migrate from one platform to the other there, but no. Definitely. So I think one subject, and, and, and I might uh, throw you now, and I'm going to pass this to Megan because um, I, I think she can answer it. Um, so we've spoken around uh, Planner. We've spoken around uh, To Do. We've spoken around Microsoft Project. Um, we then have Microsoft Lists. So Microsoft Lists is a fantastic application that allows you to create your own information management systems. Uh, think of it as kind of Microsoft Access in the past, where people maybe have created their own databases. A bit more simplified, a bit more Excel-esque kind of thing. But it is completely possible to create some kind of project management, um, task management application inside of Lists. Where have you seen Lists used for those scenarios and why? Okay, you have thrown me a little bit, but I was thinking on the fly there. So um, one scenario that I've used it for internally at Computer World is we're looking to update our new website. Um, and we're working with a number of people on that. Now, obviously, me as the project lead working with external parties, I have a couple questions that aren't necessarily ask a question and it gets answered. And that's the end of that. It is something that is maybe a necessary uh, feature of our website that I just want to flag to somebody and make sure it goes throughout the whole project. So what I've done is I've implemented a list into our website refresh team. Um, and as part of that, I put my requirement, I tag who is responsible for it, what stage of the project it's at, whether it's the discovery stage, whether it's a feature that I want. Um, and then every time that we're having a meeting, we almost review that and make sure that it's still in hand, that they're still aware of it so that it's not just getting left behind. Um, so whilst it's, it's not necessarily project planning, it's part of a wider project um, and we're using lists to keep track of all those important items um, as part of that wider project. I think that's um, a, a good example that it isn't so much the tasks that you've got for the project, it's the information you are tracking yeah. across the project. Um, and yeah. I think that's a prime example as to where Microsoft lists can coexist. You still may need a project plan. You may not replace um, that because, again, it's not going to go into your to-do. It's not even going to go into your emails unless you set up automation. But maybe there's just information that you constantly need to be checking as you're going through a project. Where are we with this? How's that? This is the decision that we made at this point this is the extend, uh, outstanding bug that we've got to do is that closed down or something like that those different uh, elements there Anthony I don't know if you had any no I I think um, a lot of people you, often at the beginning of a project when you're doing a discovery phase then it's important to gather lots of information so don't miss out on the fact that you can create Microsoft Forms um, and distribute those to a, a, a group of uh, a population of users um, get that feedback from them and drop that straight into a Microsoft list where you can consolidate that and report on that. Even if it's just at the beginning of a project doing a bit of a, you know, what do you think about this type survey so that you can benchmark it and later on after you've completed the project, go and ask the same questions again to see, you know, whether you've got the improvements you expected. 
but um, that's it's brilliant um, to be able to uh, to do that with uh, just send the forms out, bring them back in, a bit of uh, power uh, automate, and put those straight into a list that you can then um, publish to the project stakeholders. So yeah, fantastic. Well, let me see if I can summarise some of what we've um, what we've suggested here. So, if you are working in a team, if you're bringing people together and you need to plan tasks for that team, then Microsoft Planner is going to be the right tool for you nine out of ten times. The exception would be if you have a, a very complicated project, you've got dedicated project managers, you may need to kind of elevate and choose Microsoft Project for that uh, under those rare circumstances. To help the, the people understand what they're doing, when you're having your meetings, make sure that you've got them tagged against a channel, they're, they're created against the channel, so your meeting notes will end up there and the recording will event, uh, end up in that channel as well. Um, you can also put things in there like the whiteboard to make sure that they're all together. You've got your plan, you've got your meeting record recordings, and you've got your whiteboards that are available to you. When it comes to individual tasks, you're gonna use to-do, which is available through Office, uh, the Office Waffle, Office 365, or the Office.com application. And that doesn't only allow you to create your own um, list of tasks in there and subdivide them and categorize them. It will also bring in the things that you're responsible for in Microsoft Planner, so you can see them inside of there. And the pink point that Megan made, the, the flagged email is really, really useful. So if you want to quickly filter through emails and flag them uh, into uh, your task list, you can do that in there as well. So it kind of gives you that single page of glass as to what do I need to do when, where, and why, whether that's in planner, whether that's in to do, or whether that's in your uh, inbox from that perspective. We've already mentioned uh, Microsoft uh, Project, and for those complicated projects, uh, you may need to elevate up to the um, uh, advanced features of projects, certainly if you've got dependencies that are required, or you've got features um, that you need, such as Gantt chart uh, features. We then had Microsoft Lists. So if you want to track information throughout a project, if you need to track information throughout the business, through different stages, through different statuses, um, and list is really good, highly customizable, probably more of an advanced tool for people to create. So if, if you're not an advanced user, you don't classify yourself as an advanced user, maybe find a champion or speak to someone in IT around creating a list for your needs. And then as Anthony mentioned, if you're needing to collect information, if you're needing to collect viewpoints or anything from uh, mass users, Microsoft Forms can be a great uh, tool for that. And you could even use that in conjunction with Power Automate and Microsoft Lists really expert level status um, uh, things now for that automation. But nine times out of 10, to do for your personal tasks, Microsoft Planner for managing your project tasks. Now, I think a really good way to end today's podcast is just a, a reflection on our top productivity uh, tips. So Anthony, over to you first. What are your recommendations for people on your top productivity tips? So I think most of these are things that I've always meant, I've mentioned before, but one of my favorite features still is the ability to, within Outlook, to shorten your meetings. We've got into this whole culture of online meetings. It's very easy just to pick the default length for a meeting um, as being an hour. So, you know, today I started with a nine o'clock meeting. I then had a 10 o'clock meeting, an 11 o'clock meeting. Um, or no, we had a two hour meeting at 10 o'clock and uh, then we're straight into another one now. Um, and what you can do within Outlook is, is go in there and uh, within is settings for events and invitations, you can say, when I book a meeting for an hour, actually book it out for 50 minutes. And you can set the parameters and say, if it's a two hour meeting, then chop 10 minutes off the end of it. 
Um, it just gives you that thinking and that preparation time for the next meeting. Because there's nothing worse than being sat in a meeting and seeing the, uh, you know, the little uh, notification come up in the corner saying the next meeting started. You're ready to join it. Um, so, yeah, try and build yourself some time for, uh, for your own sanity and your own well-being into that. And you can do that programmatically within uh, within Outlook. Um, I'm loving the fact that we're now getting um, more prominent end of meeting alerts, things that are saying kind of it's five minutes to go to the end of the meeting. You should be wrapping up now. Um, that's that's really good. And the other tip I got there is just make use of the transcript. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, you know, it gives you a fairly accurate uh, and seemingly more accurate every day um, re recollection of what's happened within that meeting. Um, so you can go back and check it without having to take copious notes throughout the meeting. It just gives you that ability to think more about what you're talking about in a meeting, knowing that you can go back later on. Um, and as one of the tips that Megan mentioned earlier was, is as long as you've got that meeting aligned to your channel, then that transcript is yet again another thing that is captured in the channel. So you can go back and look at that. Fantastic. Great tips there, uh, Anthony. Um, Megan, what are your uh, top tips for people um, regarding productivity? Uh, I think mine goes in hand in hand with what Anthony was saying there about being in back-to-back -back meetings all day, every day. Um, my top tip is just going into my analytics and setting your plan configuration for your focus time. Um, if you do that and you set your plan configuration to say, book two hours every morning from Monday to Friday after 9 a.m. and mute Teams at the same time, it will go in your calendar and find that time ahead of your schedule to book that out for you. Um, I know when we were in the Champions community, we were talking about this and someone said that they sometimes feel a little bit guilty setting that because should they be spending time in focus mode? Yes, 100%, you should have that time to focus. Um, we spend so much of our lives in meetings all the time. When do we actually get time to get our actions done? The amount of meetings I go to and you come out with a list of about five, ten actions and then you look at your calendar and you think, well, not going to get them done this week. Um, having that focus time just gives you the next day after that meeting, right, I'm going to get those five to ten actions done. If they haven't got to be done now, I'm going to get them in my to-do list. I'm going to set that deadline so when the next time I need to get them done, I have that focus time to get them done. So definitely do that. And if someone has focus time in here, respect it. Do not book over it. They have it in there for a reason. Um, so book it. Don't feel guilty about booking it. I'm looking at um, you, Mark. Um, don't feel guilty about booking it. And then don't overbook it. Don't let people overbook yours as well. Don't say, oh, yeah, I've only got focus time. That's fine. You can book over it. That's your time. You need that time to get your work done. Um, that's something I'm quite passionate about is focus time. So, yeah. I was going to say I have slowly added more and more people to my priority contacts who can kind of burst into my, uh, um, you know, my focus time um, because I've allowed them to. I did go back the other day and just go through that list and cut a few people out. Um, yet again, if we if such is watching, it'd be nice to have a function that says I'm having my focus time today. But just for today, I'd like, you know, these people to be able to interrupt me 
because they're people I'm working on a particular project on. And we're able to do that with um, setting our availability, aren't we? We're able to say, set me to do not disturb for 15 minutes or whatever. It'd be nice in focus mm -hmm. time to be able to say, here's the priority list of people who can interrupt me, but only for the next hour. So, uh, yeah. I've just thought of another one as well. Can I go on then? One Last more? one. Go on. <laughs> the, uh, the other one is just um, if you're working on something, if you're doing something, if you're in a meeting or whatever, just close Outlook whilst your um, notification settings don't necessarily go throughout Outlook at the moment. Your Outlook is someone else's priority when they're trying to get hold of you. If you're not needed to be in your Outlook, um, if you're not client reliant or anything like that, just close it. Your office, your world, everything isn't going to end just because you've closed it down for two hours whilst you work on something. So, yeah, sorry. Go, Barry. I'll, I'll go with another one because I think there's a lot more. <laughs> I mean, correct correct me if, you're, if I'm wrong, but I think there's become, beginning to get a lot more integration between Outlook and Teams. So I think you can set your out of office in both of them in parallel now. Am I right? Or, or have I just read that somewhere? Um, but yeah, so um, I think we're seeing that integration. So it would be nice to have a do not disturb mode in uh, in Outlook as well and to have that respected kind of a focus time mode in Outlook. And that would um, pop those notifications off as well. So that's Definitely. good. Before we end up in a complete uh, another po podcast talking about productivity tips my two are very simple first of all it's all well and good having these lists but if you don't make the time to go and check your to do go and check your planner list then it's worthless so that is a real important time in your morning what are you working on there's a great feature I'm not sure that we mentioned it which is the today feature in your to-do list that across planner and your task you can elevate something to a list that you're going to do just today and it is able to go and do that go and do that in the morning at the end of the day or once a week just kind of go right where am i with all these lists what's going on is there anything else that i need to be adding to these lists use the virtual commute at the end of the day to do that and the second thing again was spoken about a lot in the champions community before this call was all around thinking time it's okay in your calendar to have that focus time as megan mentioned but it's also okay in that time to just think reflect go to a whiteboard grab a pen get everything off your mind do it pen and paper on your desk whatever that needs to be it's really important so thank you ever so much megan and anthony for joining me today thank you to our champions community for joining us prior to the podcast really helps us understand how these tools are being used in the the real world we'll be back again next month where we'll be talking more about microsoft 365 hopefully we'll also be able to talk to you a little bit more around our microsoft 365 learning platform that will be launching in august which is full of content to help you and your colleagues make the most out of microsoft 365 i know megan is very busy at the moment filling it up with one Wonderful content to be helping people. Thank you ever so much, everyone, for listening to the Adopt365 podcast. We look forward to speaking to you next month.